Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, folks, it's uh, the most wonderful time of the year. At least uh, if you're an old Miss fan uh, and you're excited about recruiting, going pretty well this season. We are now one week away from National Signing Day, recording this on Tuesday. You're probably listening on Wednesday, so even less um, absolute crunch time here with the 2016 class. Ole Miss is uh, obviously already doing pretty well in the in the world of early enrollees and committed prospects, but still have a lot of big-name targets left from their board. Obviously, the big recruiting weekend's coming up, um, and we're going to talk about all that this week on Land Sharks After Dark. I'm your host, Justin Sanders, joined, as always, by my co-host, John Stefanzik. John, how are you? Doing well. We got about five inches of snow this weekend for right. uh, election. We, we got to laugh at a DC and Manhattan get two feet plus and yes. snow apocalypse. Apparently, JFK Airport got like twenty seven inches, which they were only forecasting around six to eight in New York. It, we had that happen one one of our three big snow days last year. They were only saying three to six inches, and it ended up being eighteen. That's what really kind of gets you off guard because that extra extra foot of snow makes life interesting. <laughs> But yeah, well, um, you know you live up north when you're when you're bragging about only getting five inches of snow. Hey, it was forty. Can't quite imagine that forty eight degrees today. Sidewalks wow. rolling slush. We're down Balmy. to again, so it is. That's we sounds got hot. Some, the other thing too is I actually I owe you an apology to kick off this podcast. All right, I like this. So, I like where this is going. Go ahead. Uh, so I, I mocked I mocked our listener base. You know how it's not necessarily the the, the grandest you and did. biggest listener base. Well, maybe one or two episodes ago. You did. But I found out that we are an international podcast. Oh, wow. Views. Um, we actually have reached Lithuania. Um, attorney brother okay. of ours, Gabe Lee, actually is staying stay with me staying with me now as he come makes his trek back from uh, months in exploring Lithuania. And eventually he'll get back to St. Louis some point this week. But he's always like, yeah, I listen to you and Sanders' podcast. And I was like, like in Lithuania? Wow. He goes, yeah. I go, we're an international podcast. That's pretty so, good. That's pretty good. Um, no longer... I will no longer mock our listeners. I thought you were going to I thought you were going to say like we permeated Tomas Giello's uh family network or something like that. I was trying to figure out which foreign Maybe player. we have maybe we have multiple like is he Latvia or Latvia? Yeah, 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 I think it is. Or, or no, I think the he's Polish. I think he's Polish. He plays for the uh, Polish he's, national team. He's from Bach, yeah. But man, I mean that that kind of speaks to the the dearth of talent in Poland, I would say. But we'll get into that later. We're going to talk basketball later in the show. We'll miss um had a disappointing week, you could say, uh, on the hardwood. But at the same time, two of Andy Kennedy's best coach games. We'll get into that at the end of the podcast. Um, just came up a little bit short from a roster perspective. Uh, but first, like I led off the podcast, we're going to bring you uh, lots of recruiting talk today. Obviously, um, this is the the final time of year. There's news every day. Ole Miss received two commitments from uh, two four-star players well, actually, I think Royce Newman might be a three-star by some services, but uh, still, 
Two commitments at positions of need. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. Wide receiver, wide receiver, not a position of need, but still something that Ole Miss fans enjoy stockpiling. And then Royce Newman, offensive tackle, was committed to Missouri. Flipped to Ole Miss yesterday. Uh, huge news. You can never have too many offensive tackles, especially the way Ole Miss's offensive line depth has been the last two years. Um, let's start with the wide receiver, though. Trey Nixon out of South Florida. He was the Florida 7A player of the year as a senior this kid's got burner speed, John. I, I like his skill set. I think he's he's pretty definitely a red shirt just because of the, the depth at wide receiver. But you take a kid with his speed, put a little muscle on him in a college conditioning program, teach him um, you know, some of the some of the playbook, and I think he could be really good in a couple of years. What are your take your takeaways on Trey Nixon? I agree with all of that. I'd actually say he kinda is a position of need from the standpoint of he if he's he's a true four three burner and yeah. now we know recruiting time we know times get made up essentially recruiting but if you look at his offer sheet when he's got nearly 50 offers listed it's legit um it's pretty obvious he actually has a legit four three four 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 flat 40 time um six one i think 168 170 so he it's perfect it's i mean he he probably recognizes he needs a red shirt just to build up weight mm-hmm. uh we can get him on the steak and shake raising canes weight gain nutrition program um but yeah, he and he really the beauty too is he complements DK Metcalf really well. DK is a physical, more kind of over the. I would imagine more of a. I don't want to say possession receiver, but he uh, DK's the biggest criticism been his breakaway speed. Trey Nixon won't have that problem. He can be the deep threat between the two of them and potentially a third receiver in the 2016 class. We'll get into predictions here in a minute. But interesting to see if they end up take if they take another receiver or not. I guess it might depend on how other numbers shake out, but. Yeah, it that. sounds like it sounds like the staff is not afraid to to stockpile wide receivers this year. Um, they are looking at two more targets. We'll get into in a second at wide receiver in addition to DK Metcalf and Trey Nixon already committed. Um, I, I guess when I look at, at Nixon uh, projecting towards the future, it, after a redshirt, he could step in as a redshirt freshman uh, into that Quincy Adeboja role. I would guess um, on the outside, trying to go over the top. Um, maybe a similar skill set there. We'll have to see. Uh, a little bit smaller than Quincy, but a little bit faster too, probably. Um, as I mentioned, another commitment yesterday from Royce Newman uh, out of Illinois. He's an offensive tackle that uh, also will definitely need a redshirt year to put on some muscle, but he seems to be super talented. He also broke uh, some school records at his high school playing tight end, catching touchdown passes. So you got to love that kind of athleticism. Um, potentially... Uh, you know, our, our next um, left tackle pass catcher in the mold of Laramie Tunsil that we all saw on the Sugar Bowl. So um, excited to get that commitment. Um, John, give me your thoughts on Royce Newman. And also, uh, I want to know if you agree with me that this is a, a total 180 from the offensive line class that the Rebels put together last year. It completely um, proved us wrong in our criticism this time around. Well, last year was still an F up. The whole strategy around Jim Richmond was uh, inexplicable. Yeah, but, he's kind of a head case, though. Yeah, um, never. You got to blame yourself for that partially, but the kid got to. Yeah, you got to recognize the kids. You know, a little, a little bit. He's got a heavy prima donna, fa- pr- uh, prima donna factor earlier in the process, but anyway. This year's class, I like Royce Newman, Lucas. They've clearly gone after this. Let's let's commit two hundred seventy pound, give or take linemen, and build them up. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I mean, because you, I mean, you're recruiting seventeen, eighteen year old kids. I mean, a good chunk of them aren't even done growing yet, mm-hmm. filling out. And I maybe not from a height standpoint, even from just like a body size and frame. I mean, I think it's easy. It's a much better bet to take a guy and then. To, 
redshirt him for a year, and that way you're not have you're not dependent on having to get like every you know one of the top three ready to play every time. Sure, absolutely. Obviously, you're going to go try to get a Greg Little every year, but there's only going to be like one of them around. You can't can't rely on even Alabama cannot rely on that because you I mean let's say you take Alabama, Ole Miss, Michigan, Ohio State. There's not four ready made left tackles to go this year. I don't even include Florida State. I mean, you can think of 10 programs off the top of your head that could easily go recruit the best player in the country. Um, without a doubt. But what they've done this year, the line class is really, really good. I think now we can finally look at, we can look at the style of play they're recruiting now versus what they inherited. The, the offensive line uh, philosophy between the nut staff and then Frieza staff is about as opposite as they get. And that's been a, absolutely. Yeah. There's growing pains with that. It's still trickling this year, and it's still it's still going to affect the team this in twenty sixteen because I mean, who the hell is playing right tackle in the fall? We'll we'll be talking about that all summer. I mean, I still I still think you you got Rawlings and Conyers, and that's going to be your center and your right tackle in some order. That's my best guess right now. I would tend to I would agree with. I mean, did you see? Um, I, I forgot the website. It was like Pro Football Focus, something like that. They graded SEC offensive linemen. Tunsil was two, which seems a little. Suspect, but they had Rawlings at at the fifth highest graded uh, offensive lineman in the SEC. I think Rawlings could be a good center because it seems like he's he's uh, he's he's uh, yeah, smart kid, savvy, knows the playbook, understands what he's doing. Just not I don't, just not not athletic enough to handle the top tier defensive ends in the SEC. But he can he can play inside. Conyers, I think, worst case scenario can be a right tackle. I mean, my. My hope is that either Liggins or Alex Givens or somebody, Bryce Matt, somebody steps up and gives you something, gives you a solid right yeah. tackle that you can swing um, Conyers or Conyers to rotate. Conyers probably, ideally, Conyers is your swing guy again, which isn't really fair to him. But the idea of Rod Taylor playing tackles just. Uh, no, a, I mean, I think Rod, it, Taylor, Rod Taylor is Jordan Sims' backup at right guard. Probably I, next year. I agree. I think Sims, Patterson, and Taylor give you a guard rotation. So you you need one. You need a freshman to be able to contribute inside. Well, look, Greg Little's left tackle. Let's start sure, absolutely. So you got five more. Well, see, so you need between Givens. Um, Connors wow. is starting somewhere. I mean, like, assuming he's rehab from injury yeah. totally, he's a starter. Little's a starter. I would think Rawlings is a starter the way he played with Tunsil out last five, season. You're right. And then they need Taylor's a guard. Um, I wonder, or do you, or could even Sims or Pat, could Sims or Patterson play center and then you put Taylor starting? Yeah. I mean, that's something. Those are, there's six guys. And then they need, you need eight at least. Ideally, I think besides not, Little, he, the leading he, candidate, probably Bryce Matthews. You're right to be a contributor as a freshman. He, he has Matthews, he has the body. Alex Gibbons has had a red shirt year. He's somebody you look at, and then late, the the real the the difference is going to be with this line is can they coach up Liggins because Liggins has the lower body to be a tackle. He could be an above average SEC tackle. Hell, he could be an all SEC tackle if it all comes together at right tackle, but. Uh, just who knows anyway but we we will have all summer to talk through that let's yeah for let's sure. talk about you you want to recap this past weekend and looks like it managed to pretty much get everybody out of tuscaloosa yeah um, it sounds like i mean things went well that for, was what, for from the old this perspective as well as you could everybody's glowing over alabama but nobody Penniman did not flip 
Um, sounds like Terrell Hall is really a, a heavy Bama lean, but going to come down and visit. You had some inside, you kind of had a little inside info on that. I don't know if you wanted to share it or not. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, if you follow all this recruiting, you're, you're probably aware that Terrell Hall goes to uh, the same high school that Errol Robinson attended and the two are friends so I think um, Ole Miss is in with Terrell Hall at least initially and probably still um, up until now um, has been Errol Robinson that's a that's a big draw bringing him to campus on this official visit weekend and also if you read his quotes um, he, he's he's echoing other recruits he says I've heard that Ole Miss is somewhere you just got to go see and once you get out there you know you're gonna love it so he's obviously heard the narrative about coming uh, this weekend and Having, having a great time and seeing what Ole Miss has to offer. So even if Errol Robinson is the main reason that he's visiting, I think the coaches still have a chance to uh, to wow him. He went to Alabama this weekend, as you mentioned, um, had a good visit. Seems like he's slipping away from Maryland. After DJ Durkin was hired, it seemed like Terrell Hall was pretty locked up to Maryland um, since he, he is from there. But uh, after this Bama visit, it seems like all bets are off. He could easily be coming to the SEC. The kid is like a 6'5 defensive end with, with fast speed. He's a... He's a stud, so that's going to be interesting to watch for sure. Um, right, did we get into predictions? Yeah, we're talking about the weekend. So we'll talk about the weekend, right? So let's see. Yeah. Who else was at Bama? Jeffrey Simmons went to Bama, didn't commit. Nope. Um, was, was Kobe Jones there, I believe? I think. Starkville. Was he? I think so. Things are going well, in my opinion, with Ole Miss uh, and Kobe Jones. For a Starkville kid, um, I, he's, he's out of Starkville pretty much until signing day. He's on a midweek he, visit he to Miami. He is setting up the exit, exit from Starkville. It seems like he is. He's on an official right now to Miami, coming to Ole Miss this weekend, and then the dead period starts on Sunday. Um, I think if Ole Miss is going to get one of the Starkville kids being A.J. Brown, uh, Kobe Jones, and uh, is, it, is Scott Lashley from Starkville? No, he's from West Point. They're obviously we not going to get him. him. He's, not, he's right. not good enough for that, us. That's a state kid. Um, who's uh, – wait, there's one more A.J. Not Raekwon Davis. Um, he's a sign in place. Probably going to sign with – See, we anyway. care about are Kobe Jones and – Really, um, and A.J. Brown, yeah. Everybody else just, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, things aren't looking great for State on those fronts. Um, they, they really desperately need to finish with like four out of five when it comes to Simmons, Nigel Knott, Kobe Jones, Scott Lashley, and A.J. Brown. And it looks like right now the only one they're definitely going to get is Lashley um, with Knott probably being the next most likely. A.J. Brown seems to be a Bama lean at this point. Um, as I already mentioned, I think Kobe Jones could be a, a sleeper for Ole Miss. Um, surprised a lot of people coming out of Starkville and coming to play defensive line at Ole Miss. Um, obviously, Jeffrey Simmons has been rumored as a private Ole Miss commit for a long time. It's, it's said that Bama made up ground this weekend, but Ole Miss still seems to lead on that. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at, John, is Dan Mullen's kind of scrambling on plans B's and C's right now. And it seemed like that kind of came across in his Twitter feed this morning. Uh, a couple interesting tweets there. The first one just said, uh, is he a player? And the second tweet said, "If he is, let's try to get him on an official visit this weekend." They were they were direct messages to someone, uh, probably a coach or someone like that. Um, but not a not a great look when you're trying to convince your fan base that you have everything under control with a week left before signing day. Look, it's really obvious to a recruit that's you know that's not just blinded by um, local pressure bi- bias that. Hmm. Mullen clearly wants out of Starkville. Mm-hmm. Hell, it's been evident for two years now. He waited. He waited forever to sign that contract extension. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I legit season. think that Mullen hasn't received a job offer for a Power Five school since he's been at State, like a committable offer. 
He was in deep. Exactly. He was deep in talks with Maryland. Uh, he pursued Miami. He's pursued a lot of jobs. He's gotten interviews. Well, I don't he think probably could have offer. Like, he probably could have gotten the Rutgers job, but, it, it, but the yeah. Rutgers job's so far down. It's like, yeah, screw that. There should but, be another term for like power five jobs that don't suck. Yeah, because there are some power five jobs that just can't compete with an SEC West. Exactly. Job. The point is, is that that's obvious to recruit now. State message boards, elite dogs, all of them. They they're they've lost their minds. That's been quite entertaining to yeah. to follow. They they can't see this, but any recruit can see this. And the only I mean the only big time players that they're that anybody else wants that they're going after, Raekwon Davis isn't gonna qualify and they're all up in arms about that. We made fun of that last week. Well, he's not even committed to state. He's committed and then, to Alabama. And then AJ Brown and Kobe Jones both live in Starkville. So they have to if they lived but if you lose the, those kids, that's if they lived in Tupelo they would be, I don't think either one of them goes to state. A.J. Brown would oh, not go uh, state at all. Kobe Jones, probably not either. So that's the only thing they have right now. Mullen clearly, I mean, it's clear they're scrambling at minimum the B list. And it's. I see, I think they're out of it right now on A.J. Brown, but. This they, is, C, this is C.C. Up, Jefferson. This, they could make up a lot of ground with Brown in the next week. I mean, I think. I think that it's more important for Mullen to close with Brown than with than with Kobe Jones because Brown is going to be an instant impact guy at Bama or State more than likely, whereas Kobe Jones is going to get redshirted if he goes to State. Plus, anyway. Brown's Brown's a top level receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe Jones, like there's four or five of those. Kobe line. Jones is a project. Yeah, Kobe Jones. That sounds like. I think Ole Miss might get him. We'll get that's, that's really, for some reason, that's really the feeling I'm getting. So, AJ, I believe folks. AJ Brown does not go to state if he when when I see it. And if you yeah, say exactly, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I expecting think, him to pick up the Mississippi State hat, even though right now I think Bama is is where he's. And leaning. if he if and if he leaves, he's going to Bama because yeah. he you can. You can say I mean, he's announcing at Starkville High School. I, I don't you, think he's going to have an announcement at Starkville High School where he picks up an old Miss hat. That does yeah, not seem likely. That cannot. That will not happen. Although, no, Jeremy Liggins. That's what you're thinking yeah, about. That's right? what I was thinking about. But it's a different time. But the Liggins didn't pick up a state hat. He no, no, up, he picked up LSU. He was going that out of was state. Like, oh, that would be like AJ Brown picking up an Alabama hat and starting with high school. Right, and I think I think if AJ Brown does pick up an Alabama hat, there's going to be mild celebration just because he doesn't go to Ole Miss. Honestly, yeah, that, that's what the narrative will become. Well, you didn't get him either. Right, so. exactly. So who cares? Alabama's better than both of us. Because if there's one thing state fans uh, will do more ve- vehemently than yeah. trash Ole Miss, it's defend Alabama. As uh, the the pinnacle of, of a football program, yeah. that's that's the, why that Mullins never beat them, of course. Yeah, the other person and big uh, big time prospect in Tuscaloosa was Mike Juarez, which his parents made the trip, or at least his mom did. Yeah, um, that tells me he's serious about the, considering leaving UCLA. But then again, does he? It, it sounds like he doesn't really. He's he, he is very CC Jefferson as well. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. He's got CC Jefferson. You you, know, you point that out to me in the text that he's got CC written all over. Just him. if I, you read some of the stuff about what's going on as recruitment right now, everyone's confused, conflicting reports. Mike is telling every staff what they want to hear. It sounds like basically everyone's even, and it just makes the most sense for the hometown team to win out in the situation. Uh, if you made me make a prediction on him, it's got to be UCLA. Uh, it's that he will not go to the school. He will the school he chooses Wednesday will not be the school he tells he's going to on Tuesday. Um, I wait, wait, does he have a commitment on Wednesday? 
Yeah, well, sign, Wednesday signing day. Oh. I'm saying like, like privately, like a lot oh, of. Oh, you're saying he he'll change all the way up until the day before. Sure, sure, sure. Told Ole Miss, choose the day before signing last year. He was coming Ole Miss, and then that changed. Like I remember, didn't didn't CJ's announcement even get pushed back on signing day? Like pushed back, and then he didn't. Dad didn't sign the lot. That's local pressure right there. Easy. I mean, but see, the thing about Mike in Alabama is Mike Juarez, top ten overall player. If he goes to Alabama, he's probably the third best rated linebacker in the class. Like that's how loaded Alabama is with Linda Wilson. They're going to get the other kid. Talking about Ben Gordon and Linda Wilson, both ranked ahead of him on some services. I think they're Ben Gordon. Alabama. Uh, they're both leaning to Alabama right now. I think Ben Gordon's so uh, it, best linebacker in the country so by does every that, service. does that impact Juarez's decision all that? Hey, I'm going to be I feel like it has to, right? I mean, you come that's to Ole Miss, it. you're going to see the field as a freshman. Hell yeah. I mean, I mean that's all. That's, it works to Ole Miss's favor. It's like, look, you're the guy. If you come here, you're – Another you're, thing that's been reported on Mike is that he has told people, apparently, that he prefers Hugh Freeze's style to Nick Saban. So that's that could be something that helps in the end. I really don't know. Hometown team, for me – um, still carries a lot of weight. Should we get into our predictions now that we're kind of making them already? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so let's start with Mike. I'm predicting UCLA, John. And this, folks, before we start, actually, I'll say, you know, we're yeah, a week out from signing day. We're going to do this again uh, next year. We're going to record on Monday. Wait, signing day is on Tuesday, right? Uh, uh, Wednesday. Oh, is it on Wednesday? Okay, hold yeah. on. Record Monday. It'll be pot. Yeah. Be so a, all day Tuesday. Tuesday all day Tuesday. Um. Yeah. You're right. February third. Wednesday. February second. Can... Check out the podcast. We're gonna have updated predictions. This is our week out prediction. So don't hold us too firmly to these. We'll probably change some in between now and then. Um. But this is where we stand today. So I'm picking UCLA for me. K. I'm gonna write these down. Where do you stand, John? If you made me bet for my life, I'd say UCLA. But I'm going to predict Ole Miss. Okay. The fact that the fact that his his the fact that his one of his parents, I think, you know, at least the mom, uh, went on a trip to went on the Alabama trip tells me that he is ser- he is he is thinking hard about leaving L.A. And given the other linebacker situation at Alabama, if old I mean as hard as Ole Miss has been on him, I think if they can hammer that point home and freeze the style, I think, because if a confused kid like Juarez, I mean, Saban's going to eventually be aggressive and demand an answer. That could work. So long story short, I'll say Ole Miss. I'll probably okay. change All that right, so John's week. in on Ole Miss for now. Yeah, he's still got time to change next week. Don't worry. Yep. Um, let's stay in the top flight of recruits um, and go ahead and move on to Rashawn Gary, the number one overall player in the country. Ole Miss was in this at one point, but – Things have considerably cooled. We talked last week about his high school coach being promoted to Michigan's on-field linebacker coach. For me, that kind of says it all. That guy's not getting that job. If Harbaugh doesn't feel good about Gary, I think he's going to Michigan. Harbaugh's all in on Gary. He's going to get him. I just want to see the documentation behind his unofficial visit this past weekend. I'd love – I mean – even now I realize that there's – it's part recruiting is recruiting, but this in particular is – that would be particularly interesting. What's fun, I saw a tweet that where somebody was pointing at, you know, Michigan's always prided itself on never being broken into any rules, never violated anything, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and yet right. now they have Harbaugh in there just going all in. It's like they're, they're throwing that reputation in the trash to to do yeah, whatever man, it takes. I mean, as, just, ask, just ask Georgia fans how many wins a year a clean reputation is worth. Yeah, a clean reputation means you're too chicken to win. Exactly. All right, we're staying um, in these in these elite prospects. Uh, this is one that 
of of the three elite prospects that we just discussed, two of them, this this being the third, I think this is the most likely for Ole Miss and probably the most impactful as well. Potentially the next Robert Kim Dietschy at the college level, Jeffrey Simmons from Noxubee County. I'm predicting Ole Miss. He's going Ole Miss. There's even reports out there that Southern's the most viable threat. Cause, cause right, which Southern, is hilarious. And yeah, they don't even have, they don't have a head Southern coach. This week. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, they went 1-23 in 23 over a two-year stretch right. here recently, this right. decade. And so. they, just, they just won nine with all JUCOs and the coach left. So he yeah. just got – He's just going to chill with his brother. Simmons is just trying to get away from Starkville. It seems like a lot of these kids are, are trying That's to spend the their other. last couple of weeks away from Starkville. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know about that. Um, well, I wonder then the reporting on Southern being a threat is really just to throw some shade up at a right. Stark. Start Afghanistan media. I just thought, right. thought I could well, it's hard that. to it's hard to tell what state fans' reaction is to that because, as we mentioned on the esteemed elite dogs, or uh, I don't know about six pack speak. I don't read it as much, but I, I enjoy it because they talk they talk shit about elite dogs. But on elite dogs, uh, any negative recruiting posts are being deleted now. It's been going on for a couple of weeks, so not really sure how they feel in Starkville about Southern Miss Coach Thirty Four, um, the creator of Elite Dogs, and uh, basically a prophet. Um, when it comes to these things, has declared that Jeffrey Simmons is this year's Leo Lewis, that he's playing Ole Miss uh, only to flip the state at the end. So keep an eye on that. Um, it would be another and a long line of correct predictions from uh, an astute sporting mind. Um, let's move on now to uh, an important position of need for Ole Miss, also a rumored private commit for several months. I'm talking about Deontay Anderson uh, out of Texas, plays safety. Um, I, I'll predict Ole Miss, although I, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit nervous. He just officially visited LSU but um, and Texas the week before that. Both visits went well, but Ole Miss gets his final visit this weekend. Um, and like I said, he, he feels kind of like the Demarcus Lodge of this class. Everyone says he's, he's nothing to worry about, but he's going to make a sweat till signing day. Um, but he's going to come in and play right away next year. I don't. Yeah, he's going. He's coming, Ole Miss. They get the last visit. That pretty much that should push him over the top. Um, is he going to come in and play right away? I mean, there's going to be. I, a, I, he's I, think, I think. I think he's being told that, and he's thinking that it's going to depend how he's he stacks a, up against some of those guys we've been talking about. He's, he's got a shot too. He does. He I mean, we've been talking about how we question C.J. Hampton's readiness to play on the SEC level. Um, yep. Zedrick Woods got significant minutes at safety. Obviously, Tony Connor comes back, but there's been speculation that they might move him around some next season to try to prove to some NFL people that he's more than just um, an in-the-box safety at a college level, that he can play more NFL positions. So I think there's going to be some minutes up for grabs in that safety rotation. Obviously, the Moore twins have been shaky at times. Um, it'll be something to watch for sure. Yeah, I agree um, with that. Let's see here. Moving right along. Let's go to uh, wide receiver Mikel Jones next. He was rumored to Ole Miss maybe a year ago, 10 months ago, when Shea Patterson committed. They've been buds. Uh, in the last month, his name has come back up in a big way. He's coming to Ole Miss for his official visit this weekend. Um, as I mentioned, tight with Shea Patterson, who's already on campus and enrolled. Uh, all signs point towards Ole Miss on this one. He's going to be the third receiver of the class if he does commit. Um, but it sounds like Ole Miss is willing to take that many. I'll go with the consensus and pick Ole Miss. Uh, it'll be Ole Miss unless there's not room. Sure. Which, what would it take to not be room? Who else is be... even Who else is even really in on him? Is LSU still in on Mikel Jones? LSU, I think Alabama's kicking the tires as well. Yeah. 
I feel like he might be uh, – Alabama really likes A.J. Brown. And M- Mikel Jones might be a, a backup player. I think Mikel Jones is a backup to A.J. Brown, yeah, yeah, I think. So. But I think he would go to Ole Miss over Alabama. Mm-hmm. If off, Let's see. I'll, I'll say Ole Miss. I think yeah, I'll Ole say Ole Miss for now just because that's been what everyone's yeah. been saying lately. At next week's show, we'll probably have heard more, and obviously we'll have um, their reactions. I feel like I'm being – I don't think I can predict Mik and Mikel Jones. I think if Juarez – assuming they get the four-star – They wouldn't um, take the third. They receiver. wouldn't take the third. They get okay. take two backers. I don't think they take three receivers. Okay. I think there's – I think it's the flex spot. Okay. Or, well, or it depends on D-line. If Kobe Jones gets here second. True. Um, and also, we're not entirely clear on how many spots Ole Miss has. They took under uh, the total slots last season. Also, you know, there are several names we've discussed that could be potential process candidates that are on the roster right now. So it's kind of a gray area. I have a feeling the numbers are going to work themselves out. Um, obviously, yeah, I was, there, I was there thinking through this and I forgot. The other thing we mentioned earlier, the, the one bit of Throw it here real quick. David, what's it on here? Yeah, no, we need to predict him, too. He's an Ole Miss commit, obviously, but still never been to campus. This weekend will be the first time. And there's rumors that he visited Cal in Utah and really and likes the idea of staying closer to where he's from in Arizona. So I think he's sh- – that's why That's why Brock Miller, the which is a, a three-star linebacker for this week, I think there's concern over that commitment. So – so okay, so so from a number standpoint, that may open up another. If they open up a spot for two linebackers, it may take two linebackers out of. And there's also support. there's been some speculation that uh, Ole Miss is taking athletes that are end up being linebackers. Jerry and Street, the Alabama seven A offensive player of the year, is rumored as a potential linebacker candidate with a redshirt year. Um, some stuff like that. So you know, yeah, the, it'll it'll work it'll work out somehow. We're not exactly sure how the coaches are seeing these roster spots. But yeah. um, I- I'm confident if there's no Juarez, there's no Lua Fataska, they-, they have some plan Bs in place as well, like a Brock Miller, a Keith Sims, who is a UNC commit, I think, right now, sort of kicking the tires on him. So they're they trying might, to set up They some might let Lou Fataska walk. Yeah. Yeah, the other two, like the two. Uh, yeah, Warwick. I mean, it's hard to see Ole Miss losing head-to-head recruiting battles to just, Utah and Cal. I don't think you can wait. I think Juarez is such a so shaky about changing. You can't his bank mind. on him. Yeah, that's a little Richmond-esque. You need to he take tells you Monday he's coming. I wouldn't. I would not just immediately tell Lufatazza, "Hey, you know, we're full." Hmm. You're saying you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I think you case, have to. Yeah. I think you have to leave a spot for Juarez. I think because. so too, just because. Of the way linebacker depth has played out lately, I mean, you really can't get picky about numbers. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, let's see. Let's let's move on to cornerback Shaheem Carter out of uh, Louisiana. He's been an Ole Miss lean for a long time. He's a former Alabama commitment that apparently decommitted of his own volition. Um, you know, a lot of times when you hear that about Alabama commits, it's it's not really a voluntary decommitment. It's a uh, it's uh you know we don't have a spot for you kind of decommitment but I believe that about Carter Alabama still hard on him LSU hard on him he visited LSU and uh I think he's visiting again this week but Ole Miss gets his last official visit this weekend this is a tough one for me John I've pre- I've been thinking he was coming to Ole Miss for a long time kind of get the feeling that's slipping a little bit I think right now it's fifty fifty LSU Ole Miss um I'll predict Ole Miss. Um, I'll predict Ole Miss, but like I said, I, I'll reserve the right to change that come next week. 
really glad they get the last visit on this. The other thing we haven't, I haven't really thought through the compound effect. You're gonna have all these dudes on campus together, right? Circa 2013, sell everybody on the idea. So Mm -hmm. I would, I mean, I think that'll have an impact as well. I mean, if it was today, I'd think Shot Car is 50 50. I think that I think visit pushes Ole Miss over the edge, although. He and Devon Penniman are the two guys that if one of them flipped, it would not. He, Penniman, and uh, Lufatazza are the three guys that I, three three guys I have are probably the shakiest. But I guess uh, Shy Carter's not committed, but mm-hmm. he's been kind of rumored. Right, well, right. Those are kind of the one of them may not make it. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But so. Right, so let's move on to Devon Penniman, who you just mentioned. He's been committed to Ole Miss for a long time at the running back position. Um, it seems like the the coaches are going out of their way to keep him happy. He's really got suitors all over the place, from Texas A&M to Arkansas to Alabama. He could go just about anywhere he wants to in the SEC. The coaches have um, they processed uh, who, Denzel Mitchell. He's going to UAB. Uh, Justin Connor has been moved to defense. Jerrion Street is moving to defense, I believe. Um, it seems like Penniman wants to be the only back in that class, and we talked about it this morning, John. There's another angle to this too that sounds like we got a, sounds like we got a dozer coming in for 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think Penniman is the only back in this class, and I think Ole Miss is going to hold on to him. But what's really something to watch is after signing day, 2017 running back Cam Akers out of Clinton High School, uh, rumored to be committing to Ole Miss. The coaches have told him to hold off to avoid scaring off Devon Penniman. That's the rumor, so keep an eye on that moving forward. Um, that rumor is starting to pick up a lot of steam, so that's definitely something to watch for. If Cam Akers does come in after signing day and Penniman's commitment sticks, uh, really good shape at the, running back, at the running back position. I agree. I mean, you look at what's on the roster right now. You have, um, obviously, Akeem Jug coming back for his senior year, and then you have Jordan Wilkins with two more years of eligibility. Eugene Brasley, I believe, has three years of eligibility. Eric Swinney just redshirted. Uh, you bring in Penniman this year and then Akers the next year, and you seem to be pretty set there for a while. I would agree. I really like the way that shapes up. I think Wilkins, uh, the further he gets away from his injury, he seems to be slowly getting healthier. Yeah. And um, he, 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 he and Penn John both have good Penn vision. Penniman will be in Oxford this weekend, right? Yeah, I'd yeah. Penniman's coming this weekend. And, and like we mentioned, I mean, Penniman – I believe visited Bama this last weekend. He's gotten through all his official visits except for Ole Miss without flipping. So you have to take that as a good sign uh, towards the Rebels' chances. But it does seem like the coaches are um, going out of their way to avoid scaring him off. So that would make you that would lead you to believe that he is a bit skittish. Yeah. Also, the the Cam Akers angle, I really buy into that. Um, it sounds like I'm I'm getting that from some pretty good sources. So I'm it thinking- sounds believable. And I've heard that from other people, too, separately. I've had two or three different people text me and say, hey, here's what's going on with Akers. Um, so I, that leads me to think Penniman's pretty solid, especially if he didn't – the fact that he didn't flip this past weekend. That's, that's huge. Because Alabama, I forget who their top running back commit is. He hasn't taken the ACT or SAT yet, so he's a little bit of a grade risk. So Alabama – I mean, Alabama's treating Penniman like a top Back-up. flight. Yeah. Well, basically, they would take his commitment because they may not land. I mean, they need at least run, one running back out of this class. So, I think they hold on to it. I think the clear out strategy is also for Cam Akers. Is more for Cam Akers than it is Penniman. So, I think again, the it look the whole Ole Miss ran a risk having its recruiting weekend the last weekend. Part of it was just the way the academic calendar fell with signing day this year. 
but they've really managed to. But it seems like it was a, the right move. Looking I mean, at- I can't think of one kid that's just you're sitting here going, "Oh crap!" It caught it. Really screwed him up on. I, I mean, mean, it doesn't. It, I mean, Juarez and Gary—they've already taken their officials to Ole Miss. Neither one of them was going to come to Oxford this weekend, last weekend, no, two weekends nobody, ago. That wasn't happening. Nobody has gone to Bama or anywhere else and committed and shut it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, I mean, uh, you look at the weather; it was terrible the last two weekends in Oxford. This weekend's supposed to be pretty good. So, I mean, that's something that worked out too. The other uh, the students are going to be back. It's going to be a great atmosphere at the library. It did was the the Myers brothers, but mm-hmm. they were Auburn's the whole they time. They got and they yeah. got Trey Nixon. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I think that's who they wanted. I mean, more yeah, anymore. I mean, getting getting Nixon and Newman out of your your small official recruiting weekend is huge considering you're bringing in all these guys a week later. Um, it, like we said at the top of the show, the weekend went really well for Ole Miss, it seems. Yeah. Um, let's move right along. Kobe Jones from Starkville, who we've been discussing at length throughout the show. I'll continue to go with my gut, which, while surprising, uh, I think would tie in to some of the hints that have been dropped by reporters um, – Throughout the process, I'm predicting him to Ole Miss at this point. John, what do you got? Yeah, DeAndre Christmas Giles is – I can't remember what he – I think he released top three without Ole Miss. That, I think Kobe Jones is going to Ole Miss as well. I feel yeah. – I mean, I we're, feel, we're, we're going out on a limb here, but you got to do that sometimes. Or else. I feel better about Kobe Jones than Shy Carter almost in a weird way. And maybe not better. I feel about the same probably. Yeah. I, I buy that. I think I think the only difference is that in the two is where Kobe Jones lives. It's uh, much less acceptable to be leaning towards Ole Miss, and, and so he's he's not really gonna you know go yeah. out and publicize that. Um, whereas Shai Carter is from North Louisiana, kind of no man's land in between Arkansas A and M. Shai Carter's mom prefers Ole Miss, and they close. Mm-hmm. He, he's I think he ends up in Oxford. I don't mm-hmm. really. The think. only factor that I've heard that could. Um, coming to play for Shai Carter and work against them is distance from his kids. Apparently he has a, a couple of kids in Louisiana. Um, LSU is about an hour away. Ole Miss is about four hours Surely away. Surely we have a daycare program. But I agree. Sure. I agree. Surely what? we can get him an off-campus apartment for his freshman year, right? He can well, this, is, well, this is 100% fact that one of the main reasons Trent Richardson chose Alabama over Florida was because they had a, they had a better plan daycare program for his kids. Like, <laughs> surely if you're going to go compete against Alabama, you would have that. Cross you would hope, yeah. You would Maybe, hope. and if not, in the next round of fundraising expenses, needs to include. I mean, oh, uh, pick pick somebody the daycare center. I'm trying to think of a. I'm trying to think of a smart ass one off the top of my head. The Dante, <laughs> the Dante Rose. Moncrief Child Care Center. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Laquan Treadwell has Olivia at the Olivia and Archie Manning Athletic Performance Center. That'd be great. That would be yeah. great. So. Um, let's predict Terrell Hall, who we already discussed. Uh it's hard to go away from Maryland with all the momentum they had, but I'm going to pick Bama at this point. He's going to Bama. Because um, right. if you play in the SEC, you don't say no. For sure. Especially this year. I think Ole Miss is going to get Simmons and Jones and say we're good. Yeah, I mean, I think if Ole Miss gets Simmons, and you add, you got to add that. We'll get to um, – we're going to talk early enrollees in just a second here. Ole Miss but, is known for two weeks now they're not getting Rashawn Gary. Like, they're yeah, not going to stop. But the, but they, And they've gone to Kobe Jones. I think they're, Well, I, I mean, I think you just wait for Rashawn Gary in case Harbaugh does some weird thing at the end and messes it up, but you're not going to get him. I think, con, I think quote-unquote, financial contracts are 
but uh but but no i'm saying add to kobe jones and jeffrey simmons you add in charles wiley and benito jones who are already enrolled and i mean that's a hell of a defensive line class right there oh i think with simmons i think simmons and benito is an excellent pair those those are those are studs right there i mean i think simmons is gonna play next year i think if benito redshirts which is within the realm of possibility he's gonna be an absolute beast a la breland speaks when he does get to play um Let's let's go ahead and predict AJ Brown. I think we both kind of agreed that State is the most likely at the end here, so I'll go ahead and say State for my guess. Oh, Alabama. All right, mark it I'm, down. He's he's gone there. He enjoyed it. He's tweeted about enjoying it. He said, "Leave me alone." So I think that's a very reasonable proposition. Um, another recruit uh, in a pretty similar boat. Um, Ole Miss legacy, but he's highly coveted by Nick Saban. Ole Miss staff seems to kind of be in all different directions on him. Nigel Knott, um, of all the in-state kids, he's been discussed as the most likely uh, to go somewhere far away, like in Oregon, who he's engaged with a long time. Uh, but it seems like the in-state schools, especially Ole Miss, have made kind of a late push here. Uh, he, he, his official visit is this weekend. For me, the, the Saban factor is too much. If Saban truly does covet him, as has been reported, I think he'll get him. I'm going to pick Bama for not as of today. I have I have no idea what the hell he's going to do. Honestly, it just seems a weird, like a weird deal. Bama, it's, I think it's 50 between Bama and State. I don't, um, I don't think. I don't think he goes the only thing that I think that I think could be hurting State here. Um, obviously, new defensive coordinator, also Deshay Townsend, their cornerbacks coach, just left for the Titans. Um, could be some con- could be That's some continuity true. issues there with his recruitment. So I don't know. I've heard a lot less buzz around do Nigel Knight and State do lately. Do we think Bama really wants him? Wants him or just wants him? Does that right, make sense? Right. I I think that not is a, is a clear project for Saban. He loves his skills, but he's, athletic. Yeah. He, he's extremely athletic, but he's very raw. He's gonna need to learn a lot of technique before you know he can be an impact player in the SEC. I think whether he goes to Bama or Ole Miss, he might not see the or I mean, I don't know about state. It's hard to say because they do redshirt pretty much everybody. So probably all three, he's a redshirt candidate. And I think at Ole Miss and Bama, he'd fight to break into the rotation before his redshirt sophomore year. Um, he, at the same time, he could be a game breaker, a kick returner. Um, you know, you, you never really know with a kid that athletic. And I think if Saban really does see that and want that athleticism, he'll end up getting him. I think state Mississippi State just because Alabama can't seem to pull in state Mississippi kids. I can't. I think this year might be different just because of the unrest in Starkville, not just the defensive coaches. I think they get AJ Brown because the way Mullen acted in December and and January, pursuing other jobs. He wants Um, Starkville, and yeah, and just the momentum of the last few years and the Ole Miss and Alabama both uh, beating State Sally the last two years. I think it's going to be tougher for them to win those in-state battles this year. I mean. Just the fact that A.J. Brown and Kobe Jones, who go to Starkville High School, the fact that they're even being discussed to other places, they're not committed a week before signing. They're not committed to state. That's a big red flag for Mullins recruiting this year. Yeah, you look at that situation versus D.K. Metcalf has been it's committed. totally different. Days. Metcalf's been committed since 10th grade, you know? Yep. It's, and Eli it's, Johnson's the other guy as well. Yeah. I guess it's our version of Scott Lashley, essentially. But 
It's something I mean, to watch for. The fact that there's been no drama around them and all this drama around the two Starkville kids pretty much tells you what you need to know about where State's at as a program. I would agree. Um, looking through some of these names, I don't think we have to predict all of these. Like a Courtney Davis, for instance, I think he was a plan B at wide receiver. I think Ole Miss is gonna, no, gonna let him. Uh, Kongbo's going. Yeah, they're, Kongbo's they're, going to Tennessee. If they're not I would, I would going guess. after Kongbo. They're getting Kobe Jones. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree. I, I think that that's looking. That's that's showing. Same with Christmas Giles and Kongbo both. Um, if Ole Miss kind of goes the, the next week without going to visit them, I think it's a sign that, in addition to Simmons, there's another defensive lineman they feel good about. I would Brock, guess Brock Kobe Miller. Jones. Brock Miller's only happens if they between. Right, he's a plan B. Um, Juarez and what? Shit, who's Keith Sims? If, between Sims, Juarez, Lufatazza, if they miss on two of those three, then they will offer Brock Miller. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I would assume that. Let's see, we'll run through some of these without even really pausing. Kyle Myers, FSU. Uh, Carlos Becker's FSU. Drake Davis, LSU. Raekwon Davis, I think, is going to sign with Alabama. Um, it's not going to matter. But it's, it's not going to matter, but I think he's going to sign with Alabama. Um, Chris Daniels, uh, isn't, is it TCU? What school is, is, is it Texas? Something. I don't no, know. He's coming uh, real care. late for Ole Miss, but I think, um, I think. Oh, he was the Oklahoma dude, hard. right? So he's going. Yeah, maybe so Oklahoma, yeah. Um, so not too much there, but I mean, I think we covered most of the major targets. Um, let's just real quick, let's do a three, two, one priority. Each of us of the guys we've listed, most important, obviously, first for me is going to be Simmons. Uh, and then I'm going to put, I want to say Penniman just because he's been so highly sought after, but the depth that Ole Miss has at running back, even if you lose Penniman, if you get that Acres commitment, it really doesn't matter. Um, probably at the end of the day, you'll probably be fine. So I'm going to go Simmons, Juarez, and then Anderson for most important to close with. I might switch Juarez and Anderson just because I think Juarez is much less likely. Um, but those are those would be impact guys on the defensive side next year, I think. I agree with that. I'd put Shy Carter at four. Sure. If you were asking four. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean Ole Miss really is is set offensively at recruiting. I mean, if the commitments they have stick, they're they're in good shape. It's really the they, defensive side where you have some some still outstanding recruits you want. They have put together an offensive line class. I'm impressed, man. I'm impressed with the offensive line recruits. In addition to Bryce Matthews and Little, you also have lots of project guys like the Royce Newman, Chandler Tewitz, Jack DeForest. Two it weighs two ninety three now, which I means think, he's he may maybe he comes in and does something earlier than people thought. We'll see, but yeah, maybe so. Um, do you, you still want to go through the early enrollees here, John? We spent a long time predicting these guys. It was fun, of course. We love talking recruiting. Um, we can we can review the early enrollees this week or next week. Um, next week we're going to be we can flip through them real quick because sure. he has been from a Shea Patterson's on board. He, yeah, the Shavier him and uh, Marcus Lodge in the same class. Benito's in. I think we were talking about could would Benito redshirt? He's going to get a spring to go through. He may he may play. I really think he, he might. It, it, there's just going to be a lot of depth to contend with in that defensive line next year. It's it's hard for me to see Benito Jones and Jeffrey Simmons both playing, but at the same time, they could be three year guys. You know, there's no reason to redshirt a three year guy. Yeah, does is Isaac Gross come back from neck injury? And I think well, I mean everything indicates he will, but it's a neck injury, so that's the only yeah. that's the biggest reason mm-hmm. to point that out. I think that made it. And I mean, even if he does come back, Isaac Gross is a is a luxury. You know, he's 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 not somebody that. 
you're going to depend on. He's somebody that having him is just an added bonus. Yeah, he's a really nice luxury because he has experience. He, but don't, he's you, a but don't you don't you agree with me that having a nose tackle with that kind of quick t- quick quick twitch and size to put in on third downs is great to have, but it's it's not the same as you know having a Breland Speaks. Obviously. Losing C.J. Johnson for pass rush situations, I think, is a sneaky underrated part. Yeah, of the I, I so agree, I think Gross can help counter that. I think defensive end is stronger than people maybe acknowledge. I mean, obviously, um, Marquise Haynes has been maybe one of the the most underappreciated SEC defenders of the last two seasons. He had another great season this year. Um, I, I expect him to be even more dominant next year. Um, so we'll see. I think Ole Miss brought in some good defensive or defensive ends last season and this season. I like Charles Wiley a lot. Um, obviously, Simmons is a defensive end at the high school level, but he projects as a defensive tackle, uh, I he believe. He up the tackle. Yeah, um, I, I think so, too. And, I just noticed on these p- pictures that uh, Ole Miss football tweeted out, they have like all the different like recruiting affiliate. Like, yeah, like, they have all their little like funny. Rivals 100 and stuff Gabe, on there. Uh, Gabe Angel's good for depth. Um, they need yeah, he's a red shirt, I think. He, he's, he's a red, red shirt. shirt. Eli Johnson's I, a red shirt, but once again, I, good for depth. Good as a has really has sleeper written all over him. Yeah, uh, Dante, Dante Evans is rumored as a as a sleeper at at uh, inside linebacker. So that's something to watch. Sleeper, I think they expect him to play. Yeah, well, a sleeper because he's a three star. Yeah, but I, I think I, the staff views him as an Evan Ingram type steal. I think. Yeah, I think so too. So that's that's something to watch for sure. If that's true, Ole Miss could be fine even without Warriors at linebacker next year. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, Eli Johnson. If you maybe pick one line offensive line commit that doesn't just thrill me, he's the one. I think the sure. other five, I'm content with. He's him and the four both. I mean, I, yeah, Eli Johnson is is you know. I think to it, um, Newman, Little, Bryce Matthews, Bryce Matthews. Those are four really good. Yeah, I think those two. It's a, a red shirt, but I think he's going to be really good. I think between DeFore and Johnson, one of them turns into a contributor. I'll Probably, say yeah. that. I would, yeah, so. I would guess so. And, and Eli Johnson could also be one of those guys who can play takes inside. a red shirt, works hard in the locker room, makes an impact his junior and senior year. You know, and is a team guy yeah. the whole time. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, obviously, like you said, Shea Patterson tops. Um, Greg Eisworth, you started to mention, is played quarterback in high school. Is playing safety now. I, I, I have high hopes for him. Um, and there's there's something else with his recruitment. Um, there's a there's a top five safety for next year that attends his high school. So we going it. We're going in for that. Yeah, that's part of the. And mm-hmm. he, we, we probably think he's a solid player, but also I think he's a solid player. But I think that's a big part of it too. I think that yep, he was yep. this guy's. Um, oh yeah, this is his name Jeffrey Okadu. Ok- Okuda, hold on. Okay, Jeffrey Akuda. Jeffrey Akuda from gotcha. South Grand Prairie. I've heard that he's someone to watch yeah. for uh, for next season. Um, so that could be part of what's at play there. And then Miles Hartsfield um, in the in the people helping business. Um, he had some trouble in high school, some kind of weird hazing stuff in his past. There went to prep school, um, and now it's coming to Ole Miss. I mean, it's a. Hartsfield was a take this season just because I think that safety depth is a concern, but I think he's a really good player probably. He could he contributed Ole Miss. Not sure if he'll redshirt or not. Um but you know, good to get him in the class. He, he's I think a he's got contributor. A shot contributor. It's very possible. He was a four star back in high school before all the, the drama before he went to prep school and stuff. I think he was going to Michigan. He was committed somewhere uh Penn prestigious. State. Penn State, okay. Um, ooh, really? That's a little too on the nose, considering the hazing yeah, scandal. That's yeah. a little. That's a little too close yeah. to home. I can. I'm not surprised he didn't go there. It's a little. Yeah. 
yeah. a little interesting. If you, if, you, if you look up Miles Hartsfield and read what happened in high school, you'll understand the references we're making. Um, a couple other guys we haven't mentioned uh, in the class that have potential to be um, impressive either right away or down the road. Octavius Cooley, the Laurel tight end, uh, was really impressive for his size playing tight end. Do, do we know if he's going to stay there in college, John? He's, he's a little big, I mean, if we're looking at like the Evan Ingram mold, but... You know, maybe that's what we need is a, a tight end that can block. No, they, need, they, need, they need a big tight end. He's the guy. He's playing tight uh, end. Yeah, right. And after Sammy Epps got processed, um, that hurt that depth there, obviously. Because Willie Hibbler's still around, right? He redshirted. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hibbler, yeah. Hibbler became much more important when Sammy Epps. Epps, got Epps and Dial Harris are the two guys. Yeah, fun. they both got processed. Yeah. Um, Jalen Jones, four star corner slash safety. That's a big get that we don't really talk about just because, once again, this class is so deep that. Having a four-star safety from Texas is a luxury almost, um, considering we're going after multiple four-star uh, safeties from Texas. But I think if he redshirts, if he doesn't, either way, he's going to be a really good player in the defense. Um, there's really not. I mean, there's only like two or three guys to look at, and I go, yeah, I think they could have yeah. done a little better with. But really, yeah. I mean, Tariq I mean, is t- oh, another defensive end, Tariq is Tisdale, who's like 6'5", and he played uh, linebacker as a junior, played weak side defensive end as a senior. He's supposed to be a pretty impressive pass rusher. Um, looking forward to seeing something out of him. Justin Connor, I think I mentioned earlier in the show, switched from running back to a uh, defensive position. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, that's pretty much it in the class. No one, like you said, that you're really like, you know, why are we taking this kid? Um, even, I mean, even the the um the the take on Greg Eisworth, um, even even taking him for potentially a, a next year guy, he's still going to be a good player. We think he can so, go play special. He can contribute on special teams. You need that's a, a solid class. Guys. I think that's a sign of a solid class right there. Even when when you're three star guys that are takes for other players when they're potential contributors, that's a pretty deep and, and solid class right there. The only position that gives me any pause is linebacker. Sure. I just need that not to be a screw up down the stretch because. Between Sims and Juarez, Luf- and the Lufatazza, they need to get two of those. Yeah, and it, it helps to have Evans already on campus. And obviously, you got some guys that are going to patch your holes. And Terry Caldwell, and then obviously, um, um, Ole Miss's leading tackler from last year, whose name is escaping me. Um, he's going to be really good. Um, you know what I'm talking about, John. I think this is the last, 2016 is going to be the last year we have to sit here and complain about the offensive line. I, I mean, looking at yeah, looking at the way the linemen they recruited the last two years plus this year's class, we should have some really good depth. Because who are they going to lose this next year? Conyers is the only senior. Um, I, I that's think it. So. Yeah, I think Liggins so. maybe if he contributes. Yeah. Not those are only two guys, and you're going to have about it. Depth. Yep, and you're just going to keep adding depth. You're going to have even after this season, you're going to have two more seasons of Greg Little. Um, to anchor that offensive line. Patterson and Sims. I've heard we're in on a lot of uh, offensive line recruits for next year. So that position has has really – it's a complete 180, like I mentioned earlier in the show, from the way we felt about it this time last year um, or maybe, you know, at National Signing Day last year after losing Drew Richmond. Um, I I think you got to commend the staff on offensive line recruiting. The jury's still out on linebacker, as you mentioned, but we'll we'll know in a week um, how how they finish up there. Um, so yeah, that's our predictions for this week, guys. As I mentioned, uh, check back in on Tuesday for our, our pre-signing day episode. We're going to have a guest. We're going to talk about you know the results of Palooza and make our final predictions. Um, should be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to that. So join us again then. Uh, we're going to move on real briefly now, talk about basketball. As I mentioned at the top of the show, 
Um, Ole Miss lost to South Carolina after leading pretty much the entire game. Stephon Moody went out with an apparent hamstring injury, potentially a cramp. We couldn't really tell at the time. Uh, with about six minutes left, and South Carolina proceeded to go on, I think, a 13-0 run and send it to overtime. Won in overtime, very similar to the way last year's game uh, in Rupp went, except maybe against a little bit less talented opponent. Stephon Moody just, you know, was lights out the whole time, but as soon as he left the game, Ole Miss really had no firepower left. And that narrative translated over into Starkville, where Martavius Newby and Sebastian Saez were both out after having surgery to repair torn retinas. Uh, in addition to Moody with his ongoing injury, which I guess is a hamstring. Once again, I haven't really heard definitively. Um, But still, Andy Kennedy did a great job coaching in Starkville, led almost the entire game. Um, Really what killed Ole Miss was letting Malik Newman uh, get hot in the second half. He had 20 points in the second half alone. He hit like seven three-pointers in the game. Um, you know, I, we, we really all got our comeuppance. I think myself, along with lots of other Ole Miss fans, were tweeting jokes at halftime about Malik Newman only having five points and being, you know, a potential bust. And he, he showed all of us in the second half. He's a hell of a player. Um, he, if he keeps playing like that, I mean, that's the best game he's had in the SEC season and probably his best or second best of the year. Um, he could live up to those, those lottery pick um, assessments that were made when he committed to Mississippi State. Um, but overall, John, I think the takeaway from the state game, I'm not sure if you watched, so I'll get your thoughts on both these games in a second. Uh, Andy Kennedy really outcoached Ben Howland pretty much that entire game. I think, you know, you can talk shit about Rick Ray's players and, and say that they were 0-5 going into that old Miss game because they were starting guys never should have been in the SEC. I just don't think that's true. I think Gavin Ware is a really good player. I think Craig Sward... Um, and IJ Reddy as upperclassmen uh, are better players than they're playing. Um, I, I don't think Howland's a very good in-game coach. Recruiter maybe, but I, I'd take Andy Kennedy in-game any day. Howland's connected in recruiting. I don't even, I'm not even going to give him recruiting as, his, as a tip. Obviously, I'm not very impressed with him. Um, and I let Andy coach two great games this week, and they would have gone 2-0 yeah. and o if Moody hadn't pulled his hamstring. Yeah. Uh, like in South oh, Carolina, Moody, just if Moody played at State, I think it's a ten point victory. Yeah, I agree. But uh, there but, were some bright spots. Fitzpatrick Dorsey played the point most of the game and looked good. The, the, they're building depth for next year. This, I mean, yeah, Rasheed Brooks Moody, had twenty points in Starkville. Seven and eleven, probably go eight and ten. It's going to get a little easier down the stretch. You could probably yeah. go eight and ten this year, but they'll build. I mean, Moody graduates. Besides that, Saez will be back. Rasheed uh, Brooks is Hyman's back. showing you. Yeah. They need to build up Hyman. Um, so, I mean, next year you're starting five. You got DeAndre Burnett, Fitzpatrick Dorsey, Saez. Um, Rasheed Brooks can play, give you minutes too. Yeah, he, so maybe maybe it's it's Burnett, Rasheed Brooks, uh, Fitzpatrick Dorsey, kind of two of the three in your guard rotation. Those and then three guards that you right, feel good. Hyman and Saez both um, playing down low. And then you got Terrence Davis as kind of your – your your improved Martavius newbie type. I I really like what I've seen out of Davis. And then you have an, at least four more new players coming in. You'd think two of them yeah. may be able to. I think on. two six ten guys committed as of now. They should be. They actually they're going to be pretty good next year. Burnett's. So. Who's the Miami? Tra- what's his it's, name? Uh, DeAndre Burnett. If Burnett's is good, man, I'm not saying it's going to be moody, but if he's. Like a I mean, solid I think he averaged sport. like eight or nine points a game as a freshman at Miami, and I mean it, they play in a good conference. So I mean, if I've, he's if he's a solid player, they're gonna they're they're gonna be a legit a solid. I think so too. Yeah, I think year. Brooks needs to get a little more consistent. 
Um, Saiz just needs to, you know, stay healthy and, and stay on that double double again. It's a, it's, a re, it's a rebuild year, and they happen to have Moody on the roster. Right. It's, it's basically like Marshall. It's like Marshall's second season. Exactly. That's pretty much what it is. It is. So. And basically, we're seeing Andy Kennedy in this this on again, all, like on year, off year cycle right now. Um, we talked about this last week. You know, the question with the pavilion is going to be: Can AK transform you know go from every other year to you know three out of five to two out of four i mean to three out of five to three out of four stuff like that um it'll be something to watch for sure um we'll see how much his recruiting really improves so far it's you know shown shown signs of improving but it takes a long time you got to build these relationships you need to be in on sophomores and juniors right now get them to campus early stuff like that so and, you know i think the football team helps too the football football team being good isn't just good for general student enrollment or football recruiting i think it helps other sports too because as a recruit when you can come in on a you know an alabama game weekend experience the grove go to a great game of vault hemingway and then walk next door see the pavilion um, you know, to see Ole Miss fans and how passionate they are about athletics in general, I think that's only going to help Andy Kennedy's you know chances of recruiting to that building. Agree. I think the pavilion is going to help football recruiting too down the road because they can then go take recruiting. Right. It's way more fun football. to take on a on an official recruiting. Channing, we, Channing, we, Channing, we want CC in the tad pad. Just, it was just just sad. Yeah. Just Channing anything in the tad pad is just sad. Um, but the pavilion's next level and. We talked about it, you know, the pavilion is just another sign of how committed the Ole Miss administration is to athletics. Um, you know, it's of of uh, the major three sports, Ole Miss has competitive facilities in all three of them, with Vault Hemingway really being the laggard um, among the facilities, and they're working every offseason to improve it. So, you know, you got to be impressed what the administration's doing right now. Yep, definitely. The commitment's been there, or is certainly there. It just really, takes time to be, you know, actually manifested. I mean, I mean, you look at it now, Vaught Hemingway is the sore spot on campus. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, they, yeah. They, that's going to be the next project. And it's not a sore spot, but it's got much room for But just of, in the West, you know, the Pavilion is arguably the nicest uh, basketball arena right now. It's the best arena with, in the West. Up there Swayze, with Bud Walton. Swayze's as nice as any ba- baseball facility. Sure, I think uh, Baum also at, at Arkansas, they have some really nice stadiums. Obviously, Alex Box is iconic, but I wouldn't say it's you know super nice or anything. You're not going to um, say anywhere it's clearly better than Swayze. You could say there's I, I would agree, and I think atmosphere-wise, um, Swayze is, is really high on that list as well. Um, and I think that's something that the pavilion hopefully will engender in the Ole Miss basketball fan base is um, a little bit better fan support. Um, and in the limited experience I've had in the building, it's it's been a lot better. You know, Ole Miss basketball fans still kind of suck. Still kind of AK still has to you know stand up and do his hands up in the air when we get the ball back up one after stopping you know on defense. A pretty obvious cheering situation, but Ole Miss fans you know they don't really know shit about basketball. So we're learning, we're learning, but um. That's going to do it uh, for this week, folks, on Land Sharks After Dark. We hope you enjoyed this um, National Signing Day preview episode. As I mentioned several times, we're going to have um, even more in-depth recruiting analysis for you next week. We'll have our final predictions uh, right before National Signing Day. But we had a lot of fun uh, doing this today. And like I said at the top of the show, this is you know the best time of the year if you're a recruiting junkie or someone that enjoys... Um, projecting the future of Ole Miss football. Um, you know, it's a great class. We're having fun with it. John, you got anything else you want to add? Nope. That covers it for me. 
Alright guys, well uh, thanks for listening, we'll talk to you again in a few days. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.